Welcome back to the Guardian Project Podcast. This is episode 166, and I'm your host, Andy, and boy, am I thirsty. Coil, can you quench that? I don't play blue. I can't do that. No. Oh, well, it's only two mana. They they played a really good spell. I mean, I'll 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 play the two. Just probably. just full counterspell it. Oh, you're gonna pay the two for pay, them. I'm gonna I'm gonna float two mana using some <laughs> sort of combination of what cere- ceremony bells or whatever that card is. I don't know the battle bond rock. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> but boy, am I thirsty. <laughs> and I'm your other host, Mike. And call it a hunch, but I don't think the Phyrexians are gonna win this war with. They keep recruiting lazy people. Their agents are caught sleeping on the job constantly. Oh, they are sleeping agents. Yes, they sure are. Oh, they need a little nap. A little nappy poo. Why not? A little nap. (laughs) Please listen carefully. And this is the podcast about Commander. Our favorite Magic the Gathering format. We have a lot like a lot to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, we learned about what we're going to uh, see over the next 12 months uh, from the Wizards Presents uh, announcement. And uh, starting with Dominaria United, which comes out in just a few weeks, um, we're going to get a lot of sets, some of which I'm very excited to see. Uh, following Dominaria United, we are going to get the Brothers War, which is... Um, also on Dominaria. It says the magic story stays on Dominaria, but takes us back to its distant past for the devastating conflict between brothers Urzra, 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 Urza and Mishra combined Urzra uh, with the brothers war. Uh, Funny enough, the actual set, the set, uh, the set code is bro. B-R-O. Which I really enjoyed. That's awesome. Uh, And and it says, as we follow familiar planeswalkers traveling uh, to one of Dominaria's key historical moments, we will learn more about the people and the places of the time and the awesome power that colossal robots and machines of war offer. So I I know this is a really popular story. I've heard a lot of people suggest reading the Brothers War novel. I've not read it, but um, we're obviously going to get new Urza and Mishra cards. And I really can't ask for a whole lot more. Yeah, no, just new Mishra. That's more. I I call the old Mishra unplayable in Commander. It's not unplayable, but a more playable but kinda, Mishra. Would a be more great. playable Mishra is all we ask for. That's, that's it. Right. Just a little ask. And following that set, we are going to have Phyrexia All Will Be One in the first quarter of 2023. Phyrexia All Will Be One continues the magic story where it left off in the Brothers War as the battle against the Phyrexians of the modern magic era heats up. So we'll probably see all those Praetors come back, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe different versions of the same Praetors. Would the, be main, cool. the main art is of Elishnorn, mm-hmm. and if it's anything like the previous Elishnorn, I'm not looking forward to it. Some of these Praetors have been, honestly, if not as powerful, more powerful. The new Taxius, I feel like it, it has a bigger impact than the previous Taxius Because okay. that one at least happened at the end of your turn. So you had a chance to at least remove it. The new Taxius happens as soon as it's on the board. Yeah. Like it's it just it does its thing. So we'll see. I'm excited to see what the new Elishnor does. 
Um, continuing uh, on from that, we have March of the Machine, which is the epic conclusion of the four-set story arc that began with Dominary United, so coming out in just a couple weeks, and ends with Magic Forever Changed. So it says, how will magic change? Once the dust settles, we'll take a closer look with March of the Machine, the aftermath, which will also be a small set release, providing an epilogue to the events, tying up loose ends of the big big story arc so we're gonna we're gonna find out a lot about the phyrexians and in this artwork and a lot of what's being speculated online is that uh some of these planes are either merging or maybe teferi is bringing people in from different times because there's definitely uh zendikar and kamigawa mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. maybe even ravnica or innistrad like in the artwork it, there are multiple planes represented in this artwork. Definitely Theros. It looks like there's a god from Theros here. Perhaps everybody is coming together like uh, in Endgame mm -hmm. to fight the Phyrexians, which funny enough, I would have assumed was what we what we would get for like the Eldrazi. But I guess okay, maybe the sure. Phyrexians are bigger baddies they're, than the they're, Eldrazi. They're more organized. That is they are sure. definitely organized. They have project managers. Yes. So so time rifts almost destroyed Dominaria in the past. Maybe time rifts are going to be their only solution to saving Dominaria in the present. And then maybe everybody can travel wherever they want. Everyone's a place. Go on a nice little now. vacation. Yeah, everybody can go on vacation to like Ixalan? What place? Do you go to Ixalan? I mean, I mean, they have beaches for sure. You just got to worry about dinosaurs is the problem there. Well, and vampires, but I know. mean, it's just like Jurassic Park and everybody makes Okay, not everybody makes it out okay in Jurassic Park, but a lot of people make it out okay of Jurassic Park. <laughs> All right, following that, we are going to return to the world of Eldraine in yes. the set Wilds of Eldraine. In the third quarter of 2023, the storybook world of Eldraine awaits as we venture beyond the kingdoms with the Wilds of Eldraine, a return to plane filled with fairy tale wonder and danger, and hopefully not another completely broken planeswalker. And that would be great. I, I, as much as I hate saying this, and I, I did tweet it, like, let's skip to Eldraine. I don't have a stake in the Phyrexian story. That's just me. I wasn't sure. around when it started. I loved Eldraine. It's one of my top three sets. I think we've talked about it in our Discord. I might have even tweeted. I love it. I was happy for the set to leave standard because it was just, it was a lot. It was, it was a set that might have been it wasn't might it was more powerful than the other sets that were in standard at the time mm -hmm. but i'm ready to go back but we had throne of eldraine this is wilds of eldraine what other of eldraine are we going to see uh, i the, feel like we could see like the underground but it could be like furniture chairs of eldraine <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like when Eldraine came out, that is when I started hearing about all of the art themed decks because there was Chair Tribal with with um, with uh, Kenrith, the returned king. So you finally uh, had a five shoot. color. A throne is like a chair. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the the, the couches of Eldraine. Oh, yes, no. the sofas. <laughs> the sofas, if you will. Uh, and the adventure doesn't stop there for magic next year. After that, we are going to go back to Ixalan with the Lost Caverns of Ixalan. In the fourth quarter of 2023, we, re we return to the plane packed with pirates and dinosaurs in the Lost Caverns of Ixalan. We've seen the sea and land of Ixalan, but what lurks beneath? Yeah. Honestly, I just more. want to see flip cards. Did you okay. say more? You're probably just more, more pirates, dinosaurs, and merfolk, which they don't mention here. But underground dinos. Yeah, I mean, like dinosaurs that like 
I mean, I guess technically a dinosaur doesn't swim. That's like classified as a thing that isn't a dinosaur and magic. It'll still be a dinosaur, but aren't crocodiles or alligators. One of them, aren't they technically dinosaurs descendants of yes, but I don't think they're like, they're actually dinosaurs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember where in the hierarchical stance dinosaur is like, if that's the kingdom, it's not the kingdom, it's the animal kingdom, but like if it's the genus or something in there. So I mean, if you know biology, get me in the comments. But, but there's, yeah, there's definitely going to be merfolk. I mean, the artwork oh, yeah. here that is in this announcement in this post is of merfolk. So pirates, dinosaurs, merfolk. There were also a lot of vampires. And I, I, mm -hmm. I could assume vampires, I mean, they're underground. They don't, they don't want to be in the light based I, on some vampire I think, tropes. Yeah, but I think the Ixalan vampires praise they don't the care. sun yeah they don't care but like it maybe we, we're getting the twilight vampires this time around so yeah. like we we've got the full ed edward cullen happening now oh perfect um, all this i i loved ixalan i thought it was super fun to yeah. draft was the set as powerful as everything around it maybe not but i'm ready to see it again and i can't believe it's been five years since we've been to ixalan yeah yeah it's been a really crazy long time crazy but we've got a lot more coming in store as well in 23 uh 2023 dominator you mastered is coming out it's going to reach across all of magic sets to bring together a mix of familiar and nostalgic cards representing the breadth of dominary's history from our earliest sets through modern day yes we also get the long-awaited universes beyond set lord of the rings tales of middle earth so um we're gonna see i think this is the first yeah this is the first universes beyond Full um, set. Full set. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be very cool, from my opinion, for sure. Yeah, I I have seen parts of each of the films, um, so I'm excited <laughs> to see what it brings to magic. I it's listen, they're long films, they're long yeah. films. Yeah, um, that's why you got to watch the extended version and all three of them in a row, all in one day. Listen, if I'm already watching three hours, make it five. Yeah, it's what's exactly. the difference? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and then more from Universes Beyond and Secret Layer. We've got Warhammer 40k decks coming to us. Yes, we have Doctor Who Commander decks coming to us. And then we've got the Secret Layer August Super Drop. So that kind of brings us into our next item. The August Super Drop is out. Um, there are actually a bunch of really cool things coming out with this Super Drop. And it is the first one that I kind of snap ordered. I already purchased it and oh, I already nice. had my account debited. So um, I bought the full bundle here. So the first up is the Showcase Dominator United Textured Foil Edition. This is coming with a textured foil showcase, stained glass, Arcadis Sabbath, Chromium, Nicol Bolas, Vivectus Asmati, and Palladia Moors. So all very cool. Dragons from Dominaria. You can get that for $49.99. Yeah, those are the original printings of all those dragons from, from Legends originally, right? Uh well Palladium Wars is a is a newer card, but I believe these are all the original five referenced okay. Okay. like Elder Dragons. Like awesome. story wise. Yeah. Uh we also have in memoriam Jaya Ballard. Uh, Might be here. a little spoiler here if you haven't yeah. read the story. But Wizard spoiled it, not us. So you didn't nope. hear from us. Uh but in this set, you're going to be able to get a Jaya Ballard, Planeswalker, uh Jaya's Immolating Inferno. A pyretic ritual, a repercussion, and a pyromancer's goggles. Now with legendary uh, artwork frame, which I don't know if it actually had legend like the, um, you know, that, it didn't like, have curly... an extended border. No, like what, well, even like the curly, the curliness on the. Um, uh, by the, the name of the card for legendary, yeah, like the, the legendary border. No, mm -hmm. I don't believe this card had that at all. 
Yeah. So, so this it's the first the one. artwork on these is great. Repercussion, so strong. Oh, yeah. I actually, this one, this one's really cool. I like this one a lot. Next, we have Artist Series Nils Ham. This includes a deep glow skate, a tireless tracker, a contagion engine, and a sword of truth and justice. All of these featuring a little adorable oof. You can get these for uh, $39.99 foil or $29.99 non-foil. This is my favorite of all the art series because it's got Deep Glow Skate. I love Deep Glow Skate so much. This one has solid cards in it. This one is another, if you don't have proliferate engines or double planeswalker, honestly, all these cards are good. They're useful in plenty of decks. I could easily name many decks that I have all of these cards in. Oh, easily, easily. Uh, Next, we have Artist Series Victor Adame Minguez uh, with a Knight Exemplar, Knight of the White Orchid, Lord of the Undead, and Compost. I run Knight of the White Orchid and Lord of the Undead. I've got a Wilhelt deck, and the Knight of the White Orchid is rampant white. I like this one. I don't run Compost or Knight Exemplar, but two of the three, not bad. And honestly, these artworks are great. Yeah, fantastic artworks. The next one is my favorite. This is Imaginary Friends. This one includes uh, a, a Borderless Matter Reshaper, a Toothy Imaginary Friend, Pure Imaginative Rascal, and the Gitrog Monster. All of them in like a charcoal watercolor children's artwork style. So this reminds me of like where the wild things are. Sure. Cutest Gitrog Monster of all time. This one, solid. I don't run matter or shaper in anything, but the other three are are great. So this one again, foil thirty nine ninety nine. Actually, all of these that are not the the textured foil edition are thirty nine ninety nine for foil and twenty nine ninety nine for non foil. This one is great. I I do love that even though Gitrog is the cutest Gitrog they've ever printed, it still has an arm hanging out of its mouth. So they kept my favorite part of the Gitrog <laughs> monster artwork. Um, I love him. Love but, him. But lastly, but certainly not least. We are getting the Dan Frazier Ally and Enemy Talismans printed in both a foil etched and non foil versions. Um, so I we love already these. we got the signets before, and now we got the talismans. So thank you, Dan Frazier, for producing all gorgeous. Awesome if you're if you yeah if you don't have these, honestly, of all of these bundles we've ever gotten since 2020 when Secret Layer started, if I mean, personally, this is the one that I would pick up. It has so many staples and things that I run. And I just hate that word so much. But this is really good. There's a lot of value here. So if you're looking, uh, if you're you're interested in looking at these, you can pick these all up until um, Monday, September 19th is when pre-orders are up. Now, last week I mentioned on the show, I had a little bit of homework. We talked about shamans last week and I checked my Exava deck, right? Because I was playing with plus one, plus one counters. Mm -hmm. And... I only have I only have one shaman and it's Ashling the Pilgrim, which makes sense. But um, there's so there's really not a ton of overlap in Exava and shamans for that Rage Forger, which we mentioned. But Rage Forger is probably a decent inclusion if I wanted to add more stuff that cares about plus one plus one counters. Um, but only one, which is surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we we looked at how many cards were just like accidentally shamans and stuff, and yeah, yeah, I, I'm surprised that it's only one. But I guess Rakdos, I figured I would have had more. Yeah, I guess the Rakdos, the Rakdos, uh, unless you were like a Judith or something, then you weren't going to be a shaman. Yeah, nope, you definitely weren't. 
All right, so listen up, everybody, because we got a giveaway coming out soon. So we're going to be giving away a Dominaria United Commander deck. Not one, but actually one of each of the Dominaria United Commander decks. So watch out for that uh, that giveaway on Twitter and make sure to follow us everywhere. You can follow us uh, ahead of time. You don't have to do it ahead of time, but you should do it ahead of time anyways. Uh, because then you won't miss it. That's right, because we're also going to be giving away another giveaway. Andy, do you want to talk about this other giveaway we want to do? I sure do. In in inspiration and in honor of our most popular tweet where we did not say very many kind things about Zetalpa Primal Dawn. <laughs> Actually, we didn't say anything negative. Nothing I negative. just said, I can't believe this has been printed seven times. Why? And then all... 500 or so plus people showed up to say, cause it's really good. Um, okay. I yeah. hear you. Mm -hmm. So in honor of Zetelpa's eighth printing, because it's being reprinted again, we're going to give away one of each copy of Zetelpa that's been reprinted. So yes. eight whole copies of Zetelpa Primal Dawn. We're going to give that away as well. And make sure you get in on that because you will you will literally receive $8 worth of cards. Yeah. For eight times a night, you'll be able to say 1-800-are-you-flapping-slapping-clapping, get them in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And that might be a staple giveaway going forward. Anytime Zetelpa is reprinted, we're going to do a giveaway. So you can watch out for that. Now, before we continue, we have to thank Every single one of you who are listening to us every single week who comes back, especially our patrons, we cannot thank you enough. If you want to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash guardian project pod and donate for any dollar amount. And you can find us online on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can just hop on over to Google and search Guardian Project Podcast, where you can find our website. You can email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. Please find us everywhere that you can. Yes. Now, Mike, what are we chatting about this week? Um, today we have one of my favorite kind of episodes. This is a patron deck tech. So we're going to be looking at patron Bert's uh, Ikra Shadiki, the Usurper, and Timna, the Weaver, Soul Sisters deck. Yes, I am very excited about this. We should go uh, check out this deck because it's going to give us life. We is this this actually might be our very first patron deck tech featuring partners. Coil, have we had a partners deck? No. I don't think we have. I don't think so. We may have had a companion deck in the past, but for sure this is our first partners patron deck tech. Yes. So let's start with a brief explanation and then we'll jump into the commanders. So this is an Ikra and Timna life deck, life equilibrium deck. And the idea was based on a joke at his shop, which was the most aggressive thing you can do in magic is life gain. So the game plan here is to gain as much life while being as aggressive as possible in the early game to use some of the cards and that life in the late game. It's also the next deck that Bert plans on foiling out. So he asks us to let him know what we think of the deck and if we can come up with any amazing cards that he may have left out. So he broke this up into three different categories, life gain, life gain payoffs, and then using life as a resource. So let's talk about the commanders. I'll start with Ikra Shadiki, the Usurper, a 3-7 Naga Wizard for three black and a green that has menace and says whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. And it has partner. 
Yeah, it's so good. I love this card so much. I Do you run this in any of your decks personally, Andy? And I don't have a single Ikra in any deck that I own. And I love playing against your Ikra deck <laughs> with Sakushima because it's just like legendary. But this Menace and Life Gain, mm-hmm. is, it, it's a 3-7. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, you don't want to block it because it's got such a big booty that you're not going to be able to kill it anyways. And you have to block it with two different things if you're going to. It's Exactly. It usually gets in there. Well, a partnered up with Ikra, we have Timna the Weaver also going to have some life gain on this one. For one, a white and a black, you get a 2-2 human cleric with lifelink um, and a little bit of life sink here as well. So at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you may pay X life or X is the number of opponents that were dealt combat damage this turn. If you do, you draw X cards. Um, so being able to have card draw in your command zone is obviously really good. Uh, I like the fact that you're playing, uh, that Bert's playing with a five mana commander and a three mana commander. So not on the same mana, uh, something you can do the turn in between. Um, and then they're going to build off of each other. Um, so when Timna gets in, it's not just going to be for two lifelink. It's going to be for two lifelink plus gain another two when Ikra is out on the battlefield. Um, and Ikra gaining seven life when it gets in, being harder to block because it has menace means you're probably going to be able to draw even more cards on your second main phase. Yeah, card draw being in the command zone, I know you mentioned this in our show notes, it's just, it, it's so powerful because you can draw three extra cards a turn if, assuming your opponents aren't blocking, it's just so strong. Mm-hmm. I love this so much. But besides swinging in with Bert's creatures and gaining life from Ikra, there are so many ways to gain life. So let's start with the namesake of the deck, which is Soul Sisters. So if you're not familiar, there's lots of creatures here that when other creatures enter the battlefield, you gain a life. The first being Soul Warden, a 1-1 human cleric for a single white mana that says whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you gain a life. Yeah. Great card. There's also uh, for one white, for a 1-1 human cleric, you get Soul's Attendant that says whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you may gain one life. So literally the exact same card. Um, from two different sets and just with a different name. <laughs> yes, but let's move to green for once again, the same card. Essence mm-hmm. Warden, a 1-1 one, one Elf Shaman for green mana. It says whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you gain a life. Yeah, perfect. I mean, this one's even a Shaman. We should have mentioned this one last week. Oh my gosh, episode. Shaman's deck. Uh, and the last one we have here is actually the newest of the bunch uh, from our, our our latest Innistrad set. We have Lunark Veteran for one white. It says, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. And this is a 1-1. One, one. Um, so it, this is the one that's different. It doesn't gain life when your opponent's creatures enter the battlefield. But it does have a, a disturb cost. And disturb, you can cast it for its alternate disturb casting cost from your graveyard. And uh, Lunark Veteran's disturb cost is one in a white. That gives you Luminous Phantom, which is a flying 1-1 one, one spirit cleric. that says, whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield, you gain one life. So some extra upside there. Um, maybe some board wipe protection, or maybe you want to cast this right before a board wipe so that you can basically uh, get a free fumigate. If you're not aware, fumigate's a board wipe where you get to gain life based on the number of creatures that die. Honestly, I I always forget that we have so many of these cheap creatures that gain life. Mm-hmm. Like these these types of decks that gain life and want to pay life or drain life, they have so many like cards at, at their fingertips that they can use to to really honestly take advantage and start this engine very early. Yeah. And it's and you have four different ones that you can you can do. And in, in Commander you play with a hundred card deck, but if you have four, there's probably a good chance that you're gonna see at least one of them. And, exactly. Yeah. You'll see at least one every game, hopefully. 
Um, now, the rest of the life gain strategies don't really want to leave a single phase of the turn without gaining some life. So let's start with Twilight Prophet that cares about the upkeep. So Twilight Prophet is a 2-4 flying vampire cleric for two black black. It has flying and ascend. So ascend is if you control 10 or more permanents, you get the city's blessing for the rest of the game. It says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have the city's blessing, reveal the top card of your library and put it into your hand. Each opponent loses X life and you gain X life where X is that card's converted mana cost. So here you really do want the city's blessing. If you, I mean, you've got a lot of lands mm -hmm. and by the time you're paying this on, on, on turn four, and if you were able to get out maybe even one or two of your life gain creatures we mentioned, you, you get the, the city's blessing pretty easily. So oh, yeah. Twilight Prophet is, is a wonderful card. Um, one that I was thrilled to see on the list because it's a pretty pricey card. It's cheapest version around $11, but it does work a card that no one really wants to remove, but you might actually have to remove this eventually. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's different. So there's a lot of cards out there that like will have you lose life, um, reveal the top card of your library, lose life. But this one, you get card advantage, plus you get to drain your opponents. I mean, what? how could you go wrong here on top of a flying 2-4? Think about that 4 toughness with an Ikra out there. So now you're going to be able to gain 4 life whenever it gets in. It's got evasion. Draw more cards with Timna. This card, this card might be a, a, a lightning rod in this particular deck for sure. Some people might say it slaps it does it slaps her that's what hard. that's what the kids say the kids, the kids are saying that <laughs> i'm so. old now okay i get to say this <laughs> so now when we move into the combat step we have a couple of equipment that we want to talk about the first one being shadow spear shadow spear for one generic mana you get a legendary artifact equipment that says equipped creature gets plus one plus one and has trample and lifelink you can pay one generic mana to have permanence your opponent's control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn and has equipped for two so very cheap artifact to get out on the battlefield early very cheap to equip the plus one plus one is whatever the lifelink and trample are actually particularly nice on so Ikra, good on ikra shadiki uh specifically ikra's ability doesn't trigger unless you actually deal combat damage to your opponent so being able to give ikra trample means your opponents can no longer block with two one ones and get away with you not uh being being able to get in and then lifelink on top of it so now you're gaining you know even if they do block all of ikra's damage you're still going to gain some life from the lifelink ability uh, and then it just has this generic ability to just make it so that you can remove your opponent's permanence it's pretty great I I love that you can remove hexproof and indestructible from your opponent's mm -hmm. permanence here, but I, if I th the more I see it, I think Shadow Spear might be my favorite equipment yeah. like of all time. I just love this card, Theros Beyond Death home run, and I hope everybody picked up their copies because this card is twenty dollars yeah. now. I cannot believe it, but yeah, I, think, I would say maybe Feast and Famine. I still like more than this, sort of Feast and Famine, but Shadow Spear is definitely in the top five. Shadow which Spear. Is saying something so so good now let's say your creature didn't quite make it through combat rest in peace we're going to get him back though with the sword of light and shadow it's an equipment for three mana it says equipped creature gets plus two plus two and has protection from white and black and whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player you gain three life and you may return one target creature from your graveyard to your hand equip two so if your creatures aren't making it through combat or you just need to get one of those life gain creatures back that got removed because it became problematic. You can just get it right back with Sword of Light and Shadow. Yeah, conveniently, you gain three life, which you're hoping to lose every single second main phase with your Timna the Weaver. So hopefully that all 
evens out. It, um, it will. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, we did talk about how uh, giving lifelink to your non-lifelink creatures like Ikra is going to be really uh, good in this particular deck. So why not do it to all of your creatures with a card like Whip of Erebos, a legendary enchantment artifact for two black black that says creatures you control have lifelink which is already a really good card in its own, but it also has an activatable ability of two black, black, and tap to return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exile it at the beginning of the next end step. If it would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. So this activatable ability, if you're playing like a reanimation style deck, like maybe if you do have the Sword of Light and Shadow, you don't necessarily want to bring that creature back because it is going to have to get exiled. But late game, I mean, you don't care. You're probably like, I only have one turn left. Yeah. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm Who just cares? going to bring it back. Yeah, why not? Bring it right back. Great, great card. I don't see this often enough, but it is a really good reanimate card. And again, another card where it's an enchantment artifact and like one that you feel like you don't really want to remove. You usually just want to remove a creature. So this mm -hmm. card usually sits out and just gains you value over time. Oh, yeah. Now, we've also got Tristani Selesnia's voice, a 2-5 Dryad for green, green, white, white. It says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. And then you can pay one, a green, a white, and tap it to populate. So you create a token that's a copy of a creature token you control. In this case, we're probably just going to gain a ton of life of, of basically just creatures entering the battlefield. Um, it's a 2-5, it's a which also works really well with Igra Shadiki. Yeah. And, and and vice versa too, right? Because you gain life based on toughness. So when Ikra enters, you get to gain seven life. So <laughs> really, really strong card. <laughs> um, the next card we have here is one that has gotten me definitely uh, a few times. I don't know. We if have I've... both died on stream to this. Actually, <laughs> I believe to one of the other scrap trawlers. So Bert is one of our, our scrap trawlers. Andy Zupke had a Sunscorch regent and killed mm -hmm. us on stream because both you and I said, I don't think this is going to be a problem. And then turns out it was. Yeah, it's always a problem. This this thing should be <laughs> a lightning rod. So Sunscorch regent for five mana, three white, white, you get a four, three flying dragon. It says whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Sunscorch regent and you gain one life um just the fact that it gets plus one plus one counters it makes it like a torrent a flying torrent mauler uh which is a changeling where any if anyone casts a spell you get to plus one plus one counter on it but then you're also gaining life on this and we're going to talk about some life game payoffs that are going to make that like one plus one plus one counter potentially like two or three plus one plus one counters every single time someone else casts a spell and then you like if you slap sort of uh, uh sort of black and white on here what is it called sort of light and shadow um and and you're playing a black white deck or your only removal is in black or in white which are two very popular for for removing creatures you're no longer going to be able to deal with this except maybe chump blocking it in the air and good luck because next bert's going to stick the uh the the spear the shadow spear on it and, ha and it'll have trample yeah sunscorch regent is never a problem until it is and yeah. that's a really big problem big and it's, problem. it happens every time and i underestimate that stinking dragon mm -hmm. it's gonna get me so i expect to lose to it some more next up though we have grim feast an enchantment for one black and a green it says at the beginning of your upkeep grim fest deals one damage to you uh, I'm sorry, Grim Feast. And then whenever a creature is put into an opponent's graveyard from play, gra uh, gain an amount of life equal to that creature's toughness. So um, if you've got board wipes or just creatures dying in general, you're gaining life off of their creatures dying. So board wipes become even better with Grim Feast. 
Yeah, or if your opponents even have to block something. It's like, as long as you can gain one life per turn, this thing is paying for itself. It's not like cumulative life pay or anything like that. Um, but now, Bert did want to eventually foil out this deck, and I have some bad news. Uh, Grim Feast is on the reserve list, was printed in Mirage, and it is not available in foil, except for MTGO, and I don't think... Bert wants to foil this out in MTGO. I think Bert wants to foil this out in real life. Um, so you'll either have to find a replacement for this, or maybe you can find uh, someone to do a foil peel on it or yeah. something in our community. Um, but I, I, I would, I would definitely not take this out of the deck because uh, <laughs> looking through the list, this is, I think, my favorite card in the whole deck. I love. This well, thing. welcome to my world with an equal. Uh, I'm sorry, an equinox or yes. uh, other other cards like. Um, oh gosh, there's a card that has the undaunted mechanic where you just can't foil them out. So I've got Annoy and Dar deck with. Two non-foil cards because they don't exist today. The, the but, equinox um, that I drive is silver. Does that count as foil? Is that a it foil? Does. Okay. It does. It it does. It's definitely shiny after you've gone through the car wash. Oh, it's not foil then. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple other cards here that do gain life, but they're more coincidental than. Um, actual life gain strategies here we have the great henge which is going to tap for two green and gain life uh, every time that you tap it for mana and uh, it's going to have when your creatures enter the battlefield they're going to get plus one plus one counters you're going to get to draw cards a very very powerful card in green um, but i don't think the tapping it to gain two life is the real motivator there and then noxious gearhawk uh, which is a an artifact creature in black that has an enter the battlefield effect that destroys one of your opponent's creatures and you gain life equal to the toughness of the creature that you destroy with it um, actually does synergize very well with grim feast because you're actually going to get to gain double the life uh, when you destroy that creature. Um, but I think these cards are more in here for uh, the other value that they give and the removal that they give than for the life gain strategy itself. Yeah, I like those. I, I, I think both cards are fantastic. The Great Henge is so strong. And just, I feel like the, the two life gain is just like, it's like a perk. It is. Oh, I'll take two life. Sure, thanks. Now let's look at some payoffs. So we've got life gain payoffs. There's there's a lot of abilities here that are going to trigger every time Bert gains life or during certain phases based on how much life has been gained up to that point. So let's look at instant speed. The first one being Archangel of Thune. For three white, white, you get a three, four flying lifelink angel that says whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Um, the number of times that I've not had removal for an Archangel of Thune and it is mm -hmm. just spiraled out of control. It feels like, I feel like Archangel of Thune is very much like a Cather's Crusade oh, for yeah. life gain decks, right? They gain a life, put a counter on it. They gain life as much as I put out token creatures in a human deck with a Cather's Crusade. So Archangel of Thune is a lightning rod if I've ever seen one and I never have the answer to it and it wins games. I love this card. Yeah, it's really, really strong. Um, I think probably the strongest of the life game payoffs in this deck. So if you're playing against Burt right now, listening to this episode and you're wondering if this is the lightning rod, this is the lightning rod. At this exact moment, I hope this happens. <laughs> Everyone's listening to the show together and Burt has just played Archangel of Thune. That's right. <laughs> Good no. luck, Burt. Now, to continue with that life gain and plus one, plus one counter strategy, we have Heliod Suncrown. For two and a white, you get a legendary enchantment creature god. 
five five indestructible says as long as your devotion to white is less than five heliod isn't a creature whenever you gain life put a plus one plus one counter on target creature or enchantment you control and for one and a white you have another creature gains lifelink until end of turn so we already talked at least twice this this episode about how giving your other creatures that don't have lifelink lifelink is really really powerful so having that activated ability um and being two less mana actually than archangel of thune does definitely even this out um it's indestructible so it's going to be hard to remove it's not always going to be a creature in fact i would i would say probably not a creature most of the time um, in this three color deck that we have here uh, you can only target one creature with the plus one plus one counters but since you are focusing on soul sister like effects um, you're going to be able to put a lot of plus one plus one counters on this one creature no walking ballista in this deck so no comboing out like that or anything um, but definitely here for the value yeah also a lightning rod but one that you have to remove through exile yes. because it's going to be really difficult to remove this card. I like mm. Heliod Suncrowned a lot. Next we have Cleric class and enchantment. Um, this is actually a class enchantment. So for one white mana, you get an enchantment that says if you would gain life, you gain that much life plus one. You can pay four to move up to level two. When you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. And you can pay five more mana, four and a white, to move to level three. When this class becomes level three, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. You gain life equal to its toughness so it's it's just a very strong card it synergizes with with some uh you know generic things that the deck's already doing i like the class cards and i like seeing claire class being played in the deck yeah yeah huge i mean just keep it at level two pretty much the whole game until you really need the reanimation at the end i wish you could level it up to level three to level four to level five and every time you level it up you're actually uh you know get to re keep reanimating every time it might be broken if you do that and that's probably why they don't have hey maybe it, but... we'll get uh, we'll we'll get uh, get upgraded classes like we have upgraded sagas now oh, maybe we'll maybe. get some upgraded classes like like i don't know retraining right i have a license in insurance and we have to take a new <laughs> class every every two years maybe you can take the level three every couple of years so maybe we'll we'll get that yeah, in the just future. like when you just like when you sit in your D, D pod that you've been playing with for like four years already it's like let's just start with level 15s today like, okay <laughs> why not Ex exactly it's just it's it's like this class where but now you're level 15 so you can pay yes. that four mana up to 15 times who knows that would be wonderful. All right, so the, <laughs> the next card we have here uh, is actually a double face card from Strixhaven. We have Valentine, Dean of the Vein, which is for one black. You get a 1-1 one, one legendary creature vampire warlock with menace and lifelink. This is if a non-token creature an opponent control would die. Exile it instead. When you do, you may pay two generic mana. And if you do, create a 1-1 one, one black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life. This is going to synergize really well with Timna, another menace and lifelink creature that you're going to be able to maybe get in, uh, get some card draw early on. But the backside is really where this card is going to shine, and that's Lisette, Dean of the Root. For two green green, you get a legendary creature, Human Druid 4-4. This is whenever you gain life, you may pay one generic mana. And if you do, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control, and those creatures gain trample until end of turn. So a very similar to Archangel of Thune type effect. Unfortunately, you do have to pay one generic mana, but you're going to be able to gain trample uh, as well. And, and that's going to be huge. Worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to synergize well with Timna again to gain more things, but then also it might just win you the game. With Archangel of Thune, you're just going to trample over everybody. It's so good. It's oh, so yeah. good. Next up, we have Voice of the Blessed, a 2-2 spirit cleric for white-white. It says whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on Voice of the Blessed. And as long as Voice of the Blessed has four more plus one plus one counters on it, it has flying and vigilance. 
And then as long as it has 10 or more plus one plus one counters on it, it has indestructible. So super easy in this deck to get 10 plus one plus one counters on it. You can just keep growing it from there. Vigilance and flying honestly makes it one of the stronger like attackers and blockers in this deck. I don't see Voice of the Blessed come up a lot, but it works really well in an Abzan life gain deck. Yeah, in fact, one of the things that we're giving away also has Flying Vigilance and Indestructible, and people call it a really good card, Satalpa. This one wow. just doesn't have Double Strike. This, this <laughs> Voice of the Blast doesn't have Double Strike, but it could also get way bigger. I mean, this thing could be like a 30-30. And it's so it's best blocker, best swinger. We'll give it Trample with Lissette, and then, I mean, it gets even closer to Satalpa. So listen, Voice of the Blessed is is very strong. Yeah, yeah, huge. Um, and this card, this next card is a card that has never worked for me and always seems to work for other people, and I hope it works <laughs> for you, Bert. Uh, this is Dawn of Hope. Dawn of Hope is a two-mana enchantment, one in a white. This is whenever you gain life, you may pay two generic mana, and if you do, draw a card. And for three in a white, you can create a one-one white soldier creature token with lifelink. Um, so the card draw to having to pay two, I, I hate paying extra mana to draw my cards, but if you have a lot of mana, uh, to spend, sure. Why not draw some cards? But I think that the big advantage here is actually being able to create the one, one, uh, white soldier creature tokens with lifelink. Those are going to trigger your archangel of Thune and your life sets around there. So, um, and that's maybe what you're going to be gaining the life from, but have the backup to, to, um, draw some extra cards really strong. Even sometimes just having a chump blocker is all you need. You're like, I just need one creature right now because I'm going to die to commander damage or something. Just give me a 1-1. That's That's all I need. That's why people like Castle Ardenvale so much in commander right now. So strong. So strong. Now let's look at some cards that care about the end step. So Crested Sunmare, a 5-5 horse for three white white. It says other horses have indestructible. And at the beginning of each end step, if you gained life this turn create a five five white horse creature token so this is each end step and if you have out your soul sisters you gain life whenever a creature enters the battlefield under anyone's control obviously aside from the lunark veteran because that one requires it come into play under your control but you're going to make a bunch of indestructible five five white horse creature tokens and crested sun mare also overtakes games if you leave it uncontested yes if you played hour of devastation draft or or sealed you know that you probably lost to this card um and if you played this in commander you've probably lost to this card this is a really good card it's important to note that crested sunmare itself does not have indestructible um i think a lot of the times i do see this in token strategy decks and they just make a second copy of crested sunmare because they'll just make each other indestructible exactly exactly so this is why we run exile board wives this is why farewell is such a good card right now yes uh, so um, crested sunmare will win games folks play oh, crested sunmare it is a house uh so we also have a couple of uh angels to talk about here resplendent angel is the first for one white white you get a three three flying angel this is the beginning of each end step if you gained five or more life this turn create a four four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance and has an activatable ability of three white 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 until end of turn resplendent angel gets plus two plus two and gains lifelink um, in standard and in sealed and in draft that activatable ability is very very relevant to get yes. resplendent angel up to that five uh, power with lifelink uh, in order to actually trigger itself and get the free angel at end step but at the same time, you have so much lifelink in here, and that's a six mana sink uh, on your turn. You're probably not going to use it much, but it is important to just keep it in the back of your head. If you have, you know, 
eight life left or something and someone swings at you with Splendid Angel, make sure they don't have 12 mana to spend on this activatable ability. Exactly. Resplendent Angel is great. And the next angel that we have is Valkyrie Harbinger. So this is a four five angel cleric for four white white, six mana, flying and lifelink. And it says at the beginning of each end step, if you gained four or more life this turn, create a four four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. So also really solid, does everything that this deck is looking for. Um, can't can't say much more. It, it's really it's double the cost of Resplendent Angel initially, mm-hmm. but only has to gain four life to trigger, and already has lifelink in is at power four. So is this one better? I'm not sure. I I think both work perfectly with the deck. Yeah, they certainly do. Um, we also have a unicorn here, which thinking about it, unicorns should probably also be horses for the purposes <laughs> of Crested Sunmare. But un- this unicorn, Lathlil the Bounteous Dawn, for two, a green and a white. You get a 2-2 unicorn with lifelinks. This is at the beginning of each end step. If you gained life this turn, distribute up to that many plus one plus one counters among any number of other target creatures. So if you gain 50 life, you get to distribute 50 plus one plus one counters. The only kind of downside I see here is it does happen at your end step. So you don't get to do the plus one plus one counters before you swing for combat, but you know, we'll get there. Exactly. And then we have Witch of the Moors, which is a four, four human warlock for three black, black. It has death touch. And at the beginning of your end step, if you gain life this turn, each opponent sacrifices a creature and you return one target creature from your graveyard to your hand. So again, if you lose one of those soul sisters, which is kind of like the engine of the deck, or even one of these more powerful creatures that is kind of working off of that engine, you can get them back at the same time as forcing someone to sacrifice the number of times that 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 incremental sacrifice has really messed up my game plan is mm-hmm. a lot um i just played against this we played against this at um mtg uh, uh or i'm sorry at command fest indie i played against the witch of the moors and this this did work so this works really well with this deck yeah i call this i call it I like to call this one life bag marauder it's very similar to a flesh bag oh sure marauder, but for for life gain um, we also have here uh, as the final um, end step trigger uh, a card called Cosmos Elixir. So for four generic mana, you have an artifact that says at the beginning of your end step, draw a card if your life total is greater than your starting life total. Otherwise, you gain two life. So there's a really good chance your life total is going to be greater than 40 uh, because you have so much life gain strategy in here. So it's probably just going to be an extra card draw at your end step, which is a very regal thing to do eh, eh, monarch you know get it get it um huh? and, if, and if not it's going to gain you two life and maybe trigger a bunch of your stuff um later on in this episode we're going to talk about some ways that we're going to pay life and it might even be advantageous for you to pay life to get under 40 life so that you can gain the two life and get an extra life gain trigger so cosmos elixir can be very open-ended that way exactly now let's talk about some cards that care about combat life gain so the first up is righteous valkyrie a 2-4 flying angel cleric for two and a white it has whenever another angel or cleric enters the battlefield under your control you gain life equal to that creature's toughness and as long as you have seven life more than your starting life total creatures you control get plus two plus two so this really cares about having that much life so that during combat your creatures get that pump i think this works out really well yeah there's like four or five angels and clerics in this deck to actually gain you the life from that uh that first part but yeah it's definitely about that plus two plus two static on this one um 
I think we're going to talk about our first, like, definitely this is a win-con card here, uh, and that's Blossoming Bog Beast. For four and a green, you get a 3-3 beast that says whenever Blossoming Bog Beast attacks, you gain two life. Then creatures you control gain trample and get plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is the amount of life you gained this turn. So we understand that there is a lot of combat life gain strategy in this deck, so you're not really going to get to take advantage of that unless you somehow have extra combat in these color combinations you're probably not going to be able to do that um, but you know even gaining 10 life in main phase one you're going to gain two life when <laughs> bog beast swings and everything gets plus 12 plus 12 and trample so even your soul sister is now a 13 13 trample swinging um, this is going to end games and be able to end games actually pretty early yeah, Blossoming Bog Beast is a really good card. It also has fantastic flavor text that says, as subtle as a bog beast, wither bloom expression meaning crude and clumsy. <laughs> I love it. Adorable bog beasts. And finally, we have Willow Dusk, Essence Seer, a 3-3 Dryad Druid for one black and a green that has pay one and tap it. Choose another target creature put a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the amount of life you gained this turn or the amount of life you lost this turn, whichever is greater. Activate only as a sorcery. So it's incremental growth, but can also just be like a huge one-shot. So if you've gained a lot of life during your first main phase and you say, hey, I'm going to tap this now and put a ton of plus one, plus one counters on a creature, maybe Blossoming Bog Beast. Maybe you put it on a Crested Sun Mirror to keep it out of the range of maybe a removal spell. Who knows? Um, Willow Dusk is just going to provide generic value to this deck. And I don't see Willow Dusk played a lot. Um, and I got my first taste of playing against this deck just earlier this month uh, or maybe last month. And uh, it does a lot of work and it's very subtle. Like you don't think Willow Dusk is the problem. And then you're like, oh, shoot, I probably should have removed that so this couldn't have happened. Yeah, a lot of, I mean, especially if you see anything that synergizes with the plus one, plus one counters, it's got to go. Um, the the quote-unquote downside of only being able to activate as a sorcery, that's okay. I don't want to block with Willow Dusk anyways. I don't want Willow Dusk to die. Willow Dusk has to stay out there and uh, make my big creatures even bigger. I mean, you can even put all these plus one, plus one counters on, um, oh, what was that guy we just talked about? Uh uh, uh, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. The two mana, <laughs> the two mana uh, flying indestructible vigilance. Oh, voice creature. of the blast! Voice of the blast. You could put just you could skip gaining life, you lose all the life, and we'll talk about life loss in a second here, and then put all the plus one plus one counters on it, and, and really just go to town. Exactly. Speaking of losing life, let's use our life as a resource. So if all that life gain, we, you know, we've used all that, and we've got all those bonuses. If all of those don't really get there, then the only logical solution is really is to use that extra life as a resource to get some huge benefits. So uh, for card advantage, we've got cards like Blood Tracker. So this is a 2-2 vampire wizard for three and a black with flying. It says pay one black mana and two life. Put a plus one plus one counter on Blood Tracker. And when it leaves the battlefield, you draw a card for each plus one plus one counter on it. So if you're putting a ton of counters on Blood Tracker and then it gets removed somehow, either you block or you sacrifice it or, you know, a board wipe, you refill your hand. I appreciate that. And I don't mind paying a few life, especially when I'm gaining potentially 10 to 15 a turn. Yeah. 
uh, this is the card I wanted to mention when we were talking about Willow Dust, but we hadn't got there yet. So putting all the plus one plus one counters on Blood Tracker is going to turn everything there into card draw. And I love the way that it is worded. It's whenever it leaves the battlefield, it's the same wording that Toothy Imaginative Rascal has. Um, so even if it gets exiled or blinked or bounced or something like that, you're still going to get 100% of the card draw. So it doesn't matter how it leaves. And I really like that. Yes. Bolus's Citadel. Um, need I say more? No. Bolus's Citadel. No, you don't. It's so good. <laughs> Honestly, this is one of my favorite cards to play. I don't play black decks often, but when I play this, everybody goes, uh-oh. It's that's always, that's uh-oh. the response, and it does not matter what deck I'm playing. Uh-uh. It, it's going to get so much value, and hopefully... I pray for all of you that you have no lands on top of your deck. <laughs> yeah, at least at least hopefully you played this without playing a land. All right, so Bolas' <laughs> Citadel. For three black, 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 you get a legendary artifact that says you may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may play the top card of your library. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted mana cost, or its mana value now, uh, rather than its mana cost. It also has an activative ability at the end that says tap it, sacrifice 10 non-land permanents, and each opponent loses 10 life very good don't don't ever forget about that activatable ability the number of times where it's like oh you could have won the game because all you had to do is tap it and sack 10 permanents non-land so you're gonna have to have you know the city's blessing amount of creatures or something out there in order to activate it um, but yeah i hope that you don't have two two lands on top of your deck because you can play lands or cast spells from the top of your deck with bolus's citadel um, I'm sure like maybe main phase one, you hit that second land on top, you go to combat, you draw some cards with your Timna the Weaver, you, you know, you get a new top of your deck and hopefully you can just keep going on from there. But, um, in this deck with the amount of life gain that you have, you're going to be able to potentially cast your whole, your whole deck. And every time you cast the spell, it might be one that gains you more life back and puts more permanence on the battlefield. And this is, uh, it's always a strong card, particularly strong here. Yeah. I, Honestly, I just play out as many cards as I possibly can. Of course. I don't care if I'm going to 12 life. (laughs) You know what? Come at me. And hopefully I can sack those 10 non-land permanents. Each opponent loses 10 life. That... That ability is relevant. Oh, yeah. Do not forget about it. Next we up, next up, we have Dark Confidant, a 2-1 human wizard for one in a black. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand. You lose life equal to its mana value. Who cares? It's fine. It doesn't matter what the mana value is. I'm gaining so much life. If it's a boss of Citadel for six, I'll draw it. I'll lose six. Who cares? It does Mm -hmm. not matter. This card is great. I like it. I wouldn't cut it. I wish I had more. It's just kind (laughs) of a pricey card. It is. Yeah, it's typically played in constructed formats like modern where you're taking like a maximum of three damage off of the trigger. And even then three damage from 20 life is kind of significant. But taking six because you top decked a Bolus's Citadel from your 40 life in commander. Who cares? You have a Bolus's Citadel now and extra. You probably already gained 40. Who cares? That's that's probably right. (laughs) So speaking of life for card draw, here we have Sylvan Library. Uh, Sylvan Library for one in a green, you get an enchantment that says you pay eight life at your draw step and you draw three cards. No, it doesn't say that, but maybe in, in Bert's deck it does. <laughs> at, the be- at the beginning of your draw step, you may draw two additional cards. If you do, choose two cards in your hand drawn this turn. For each of those cards, pay four life or put the card back on top of your library. To simplify that, um, 
at your draw step, you're going to draw three cards. It does count as drawing all three of the cards. And then if you want to keep all of them, you'll have to pay eight life. If you want to keep two, you have to pay four life. If you only want to keep one, you don't have to pay any life, but you get to choose any one of those three cards that you want in or, or two or three and keep them in your hand. Um, in Burt's deck, I think you're paying eight life and drawing three cards, though. Yeah, we're going to pay eight life. We're going to draw three cards and we're going to like it. Yeah. We do. I love it. We love it. I love everything it does, and I want to do it every single turn. <laughs> Next up, we have Belladros Witherbloom, a 4-4 Elder Dragon for 5 black and a green. It has flying, and it says, at the beginning of each upkeep, create a 1-1 black and green pest creature token with, whenever this creature dies, you gain one life, which just generically is a great chump blocker and then it has pay 10 life untap all lands you control activate this only once each turn so you might need some additional mana which is totally fine you probably want to do it the turn you play wither uh blood uh, belladros witherbloom um because you're probably paying all of your mana to make that happen mm -hmm. but 10 life is nothing when you're gaining a ton of life i like this a lot um this reminds me of Oh, gosh. What's the card that makes a sapperling at every single upkeep? That's um, what this reminds me ten, of. But tender it, Shoot Dryad. Tender Shoot. It reminds me of Tender Shoot Dryad, but for a life gain deck. Like, I feel like they fill the same role. Um, it's a 4-4 four, four flyer. Uh, big fan of this. Um, I I don't I don't have any downsides. I No negatives. Belladros is a 10 out of 10. Yeah, a 10 life out of 10 life. Every 10 time. life out of 10 <laughs> life. Although this deck doesn't isn't really set up to take advantage of it uh bellagos witherbloom can untap your lands once on every player's turn it, correct so if you have a lot of instants you absolutely can take advantage of that yeah uh command the dread horde one of my favorite cards from uh from standard standard which was played in a, an explore themed deck um it, it it really shines here. I still play this in a lot of decks, but it does hurt. I run a lot. this card; it's great. It hurts a lot. <laughs> it okay. does hurt only because you made it hurt as bad as it does, though. Because oh, it, yeah. it might not have to. It doesn't have to hurt. I, I target at least four things every time. Me too. <laughs> so command the Dreadhorn for four black black. You get a sorcery that says choose any number of target creature and or planeswalker cards in graveyards. Command the Dreadhorde deals damage to you equal to the total converted mana cost of those cards. Put them onto the battlefield under your control. So in a normal, in a normal uh, non-life gainy deck, this is going to be a, just a pretty strong reanimation card at, at you know late game where you can bring three really relevant strong creatures back from your graveyard. Maybe you have to pay 15, 20 life to do it, um, but it's going to be enough to potentially win you the game. In Burt's deck, I think this is like, uh the the liliana's uh the uh, i think liliana is only on it it's like a nine mana sorcery you bring back every creature from every oh rise of, the, rise, rise of the rise of the dark realms rise of the dark this is rise of the dark realms but also planeswalkers and you have to pay like an, a, a ton of life, of life but it's fine <laughs> who cares it's fine we're here for it yeah and um if you do have ways just uh just a side note if you do have ways to prevent damage dealt to you uh this actually does deal damage not make you lose life so if you have a way to prevent damage done to you this actually is just a free um in in terms of life gain still costs six mana uh to reanimate all of the creatures and planeswalkers back to your side of the battlefield yeah i love it it's it's a great card i think it does a lot it's hard to play on spell table but honestly yeah. with with the the popularity of dry erase tokens uh infinite tokens we have some dry erase tokens if you're a patron it works really really well 
great mm-hmm. card. Play 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 this card more often. Next we have Tivash Gloom Summoner, a 4-4 lifelink human warlock for four and a black. It says at the beginning of your end step, if you gained life this turn, you may pay X life, where X is the amount of life you gained. So you have to get rid of all of it. But if you do, you get an XX black demon creature token with flying. So it's just it's just making more blockers. So who cares if you gain 20 life and you lost 20 life? Now you have a 2020 flyer that's gonna kill someone on their next turn if they don't remove it. Yeah, the the part that you do have to be careful about is it doesn't care about like the difference of life gain and life loss. Right. So if during your turn, if you gained twenty life and lost twenty life, and you're you know at forty again, um, it's going to take twenty life away from you. Exactly. You so you're gonna to have your life. So if you gain two and lost twenty, yeah. you're now lo- you're only get. You're only going to have to lose two, but you're getting a two-two demon then. Just, just be careful. Like if you have your Bolus's <laughs> Citadel out and you're at eighty life, and you spend seventy of it and go right back up to eighty or something like that, just be careful you don't kill yourself with your Tavash trigger. That's all I'm but saying. But you know what? We love to see it. Regardless. It would be hilarious. It really would. <laughs> uh, so Vona Butcher of Magan, or Megan, I don't know which is Megan. Megan. Uh, I don't know. It just sounds like Megan, just pronounced differently. Butcher of Megan? Oh, that's brutal. It's Megan. It has to be Megan or Magan. Uh, this particular creature, I really, really love. Uh, Mythic from Ixalan uh, as a removal on a stick, uh, being a removal, repeated removal on a creature. So for three white and a black, you get a legendary creature, 4-4 four, four, Vampire Knight with Vigilance and Lifelink. It has Tap It, Pay 7 Life. Destroy target non-land permanent. Activate this ability only during your turn. So the 4-4 Vigilance and Lifelink makes it so that you can actually gain a little bit of life that you're going to end up spending um, to tap it and pay 7. The Vigilance makes it so you can attack and still have the tap ability. Yep. The, the the fact that you can only do it during your turn is fine. I don't want to block with it anyways because I want to make sure that Vona sticks around and I can remove more things the next turn. Exactly. I like I like targeted removal, having a few of it, and having it on a creature is, is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have Toxic Deluge. This is a sorcery for two and a black as an additional cost to cast the spell. You may pay X life. All creatures get minus X, minus X until end of turn. So... You know, there's problems that are going to come up during games of Commander. Probably a creature with a bunch of toughness, and mm-hmm. you need to get rid of it. So you'll have the life, pay that life, get rid of those creatures. It doesn't matter. This is probably the best board wipe here. And if you have a ton of life, it doesn't matter what their creatures are. They're going to go away. So Toxic oh, yeah. Deluge, big, big fan of Toxic Deluge. Now let's talk about some of our suggestions. So Bert said, did we miss anything? Is there anything that, you know, he could add to this deck? And I'm going to talk about my first, my first suggestion, a card that I built as a commander, I think works super well in this deck, which is Dina Soulsteeper, mm-hmm. a one, three Dryad Druid for a black and a green. And it says, whenever you gain life, each opponent loses X life. So one, you're gaining a lot of incremental life over a, a, a bunch of different creatures. You've got artifacts, you've got enchantments, you have things that are gaining you life. So each time you do that, your opponents are losing life. Dina makes your opponent sweat. I will I will say I've 
had plenty of games where i mean i've played against you mike and you've gone oh my gosh i can't i really yeah. cannot afford to lose anymore um it all dina also has an ability you can pay one sacrifice another creature dina gets plus x plus o until in turn where x is that creature's power not necessarily the most important part here but bert has always said on streams m m m i the drama and i think dina would take a huge sip of this tea and say yes you in fact are the drama mm -hmm. so dina is a huge addition i would play it i would play it because it just it just it's just generic value i love dina soul steeper and the flavor on it is really good and so is dina's tea yeah very very efficient mana cost can't can't complain about that suggestion i totally agree um my first suggestion for any life gain deck that I don't see this in is always this card. It's Pristine Talisman. It's a very simple card. Uh, it's a three generic mana, mana rock that taps to add one colorless mana, but you get to gain one life when you tap it. So someone, Great. as long as someone's not playing Yarlock of Scorched Thrash, it's definitely just life gain every single <laughs> round. Uh, and it, you don't get to take mana burn from the colorless uh, dissipating, but... Um, there there's definitely enough generic mana costs in this deck that this wouldn't get in the way or anything i mean as a three color some sometimes that is something you have to think about um but just be able to gain one life get an extra archangel of thune trigger at instant speed on anyone's turn uh maybe in the middle of combat why not exactly so my favorite life gain card in existence and i know this seems really silly is authority of the consoles I I have, I guess maybe it's tied, but Authority of the Consoles costs one white and says creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. And whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, you gain one life. This card's just, this card's just great. And it makes it really difficult for your opponents to plan out their turns because if yeah. they need to block something and Ikra Shadiki has menace, Mm -hmm. Right. So they want to they want to do something, but also they can't afford to take any additional damage and let you gain that life. They need to keep creatures untapped. It really messes their game plan and kind of makes life very difficult for your opponents when you play this card early, early on in a game. Oh, yeah. Turns and one, two, three, because it messes mm -hmm. up people's turns four, five and six. Yeah, I mean it's 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 competing in the one drop with Soul Sisters, and it's doing something very similar. Soul Sisters is doing. You're not going to gain the life when it enters under your battlefield, but all your opponents enter tapped. What's what now between this Andy and Blind Obedience? I know has your favorite. Uh, it's my favorite. Extort. I love them both. Maybe maybe add them both because they both fit. I'll be okay. honest. I I like both, but Blind Obedience is probably going to be my next suggestion <laughs> <laughs> okay so although bert does have all of the true soul sisters in the deck there are a couple of uh maybe we'll call them twisted sisters uh some some things that are not uh considered soul sisters in itself because they either activate a little bit in a different way or have a little bit of different mana cost um but there are a couple more that you could add the first one is ariok champion this is a white white 1-1 one, one human cleric it says protection from black and from red whenever another creature enters the battlefield you may gain one life this does actually say may gain one life um 
So if there's any reason why you don't want to gain life, there there is that. It's got pro black, it's got pro red. It does cost double white, so it's double the mana cost of any of your soul sisters. Uh, and on top of that, uh, the cheapest version does cost $9.43 currently. So that could be definitely a reason why to not play it. But the other one is Suture Priest. I think this one, it's extremely affordable. It's under a dollar. You should definitely consider playing this one over Ariok Champion, I think even. Um, Suture Priest for one in a white. You get a 1-1 one, one Cleric that says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control you may gain one life and whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control you may have that player lose one life and again it is a may trigger so you can even use this as an ability to hold someone hostage and say yeah you could play creatures i won't drain your life don't worry about it as long as you don't swing at me of course um <sighs> And, and this is very on flavor for what we're seeing right now, actually, in Dominaria United. This is a Phyrexian creature, Suture Priest. Uh, not not creature-type Phyrexian. Oh, no, it is creature-type Phyrexian now. Thanks, Scryfall. Uh, it is a Phyrexian cleric now. So very on flavor for what we're seeing now from Dominaria United. Yes. Next, we have Accomplished Alchemist, a 2-5 elf druid for three and a green. It says tap to add one mana of any color to mana pool. And then you can also tap to add X mana of any one color where X is the amount of life you gain this turn. This card is very good. There are some other mana sinks in the deck that it works really well with. There's Scavenging Ooze, so pay a green, exile target creature from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, put a counter on Scavenging Ooze and you gain a life, so it works really well with that. And it also works well with Shalai, Voice of Plenty, so that's an angel giving your creatures uh, hexproof and you get hexproof, but you, ha you have a mana sink of six mana, so four green green. You can put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So if you can set up the right, you know, kind of uh, order of cards here and gain a lot of life, you can, you can really utilize accomplished alchemists to do a lot of work. Yeah. Downside being at four mana, but right. The, up, the upside I think is definitely there. Exactly. Uh, the last suggestion that I had is a good old rhino monk named rocks faith mender. For three and a white, you get a 1-5 with lifelink that says if you would gain life, you gain twice that much life instead. So not only is this, again, doubling all of your life gain, it's not like the cleric class that only said you get to gain one more life every time you gain. This is doubling your soul sister gains, doubling your ecrit gains. Uh, it also has five toughness. Uh, so if it swings in with uh, and, and doesn't get blocked and you have Ikra out, you're going to gain two life from the lifelink trigger and 10 life from the Ikra trigger. So... This could be very well if you wanna if you wanna be really aggressive with your life gain, like I know you do, Bert. Double it, <laughs> double it, double life gain. Rock's Faith Menther is such a fun card. Um, I don't see this a ton. I don't play against a ton of life gain decks, but I feel like this is one that would kind of trip me up because it's mm -hmm. in three colors and it's not just a generic. It, this one feels a little different than the life gain decks I play against normally. Definitely. So, really enjoy playing against this and that's going to be it for this week Bert thank you so much for being a patron and supporting yeah, our show honestly we love this deck cannot thank you enough for being so awesome this deck is wonderful we hope you enjoyed this episode um, as always if you want to chat with me online you can find me on twitter at Andy Flory and you can find me on twitter at Worm Coil Engine and to all of you out there that listen to this that enjoyed the deck tech that enjoyed all of our notes thank you so much for listening and yes we'll catch you next week yes and if any of you are going to be at mtg columbus in the next couple of weeks well let us know i think that's actually in two weeks from the time of this okay this record is that it's next weekend not this coming weekend it's very confusing next weekend versus next weekend Sep it's september september 2nd through 4th 
September 2nd through 4th. I will be there, I believe, Friday. So if you're there, make sure you come say hi. I will have tokens with me. Um, Guardian Project podcast tokens and stuff. So make sure you say hi. And um, until next week, we'll see you all then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.